Welcome to the Nurse Shark Academy show, a Baxter Professional Services production. Welcome to the Nurse Shark Academy show, where we're experts in nursing and experts in business. I'm Tina Baxter, your host. The Nurse Shark Academy show highlights nurse business owners and others in the healthcare field who promote entrepreneurship. We interview nurse leaders and encourage them to tell their story. Join us for each session where we support these wonderful nurse entrepreneurs and leaders. Today's guest is Marla Osner. And this today's episode is how one nurse who turned her debt into a passion for changing the mindset of women about money. Welcome to the show, Marla. Hello and welcome to the Nurse Shark Academy show. I'm Tina Baxter and I'm your host. The Nurse Shark Academy show highlights nurse business owners and others in the healthcare field who promote entrepreneurship. We interview nurse leaders and encourage them to tell their story. Today we have Marla Osner. Marla is Marla, excuse me, is the founder of Happy Healthy Wealthy Women out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Marla is a nurse practitioner and the vice president of clinical services for a palliative care company. After um, she having a divorce, she decided to own up her open up her own program where she uh, helps other women in their struggle to rebuild their confidence, happiness, and financial stability. So I want to welcome to the show, Marla. Marla, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. All right. This is wonderful. So kind of tell us a little bit about your background. But the first thing we always want to know, what made you become a nurse? (laughs) So, you know, a lot of people will say I wanted to give and I wanted to care for people. And of course, all of those things are very true. But I was really in love with the science. I love science. I love learning about disease processes and medication. And I always had a background in actually veterinary medicine and decided to take that and bring that into the human realm. And that's how I got into nursing. And I love it. That sounds wonderful. So what what was your, where did you go to school? So I went to, I actually got my associates first. I went to Monco, uh, which is just a local community college. And then I, after working a little bit, I put myself through for my bachelor's at Gwinnett Mercy. And as I was raising my son, I went back and got my master's for my nurse practitioner at Drexel, which is right in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. It was a long path. (laughs) You know what? And that's okay because we, we sometimes start you know, somewhere and end up somewhere else. I mean, I started out as a CNA, worked my yes. way up to become a nurse practitioner. And so um, I want our listeners to understand that, that, you know, it doesn't matter where you start, it's where you finish, right? Yes. And, and I'm not sure it's quite a right Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you're pushing up daisies, that's that's what I consider my finish line. To be. <laughs> <laughs> because you're always learning. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was exactly where I was going with that. And that's one thing I love about medicine, too. There's always something new and and different that you're learning. Precisely. And so, again, I want our listeners to know that, yeah, okay, you can start and get your associate's degree because that was a very viable option for you at the time, right? Correct. Absolutely. And you were associate's degree RN? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And so then what made you decide to go on and get your bachelor's? 
it was around that time when they were talking about magnet hospitals and whatnot. And so I actually had planned to go back eventually, but that sort of pushed me to get it then. And then as I got my bachelor's, I really liked the idea of the autonomy that came along with getting my nurse practitioner and being able to really serve my patient sort of start to finish, if you will. And then that's what spurred me to go back and become a nurse practitioner. So what was your first nursing job? Uh, so I actually worked emergency medicine in Norristown for quite a few years. And then we built a brand new hospital in the suburbs and I moved there. And that's where I stayed all through my nurse practitioner school. And then after that, I graduated and ended up in emergency medicine again in a couple of local hospitals to us. Um, and it really was only until 2018, I believe. 2019, I'm sorry, 2019, I left emergency medicine just because the hours, as you know, are insane. And I was coming home at 4 a.m. and then falling asleep on the bleachers while my son was wrestling. And my now husband was like, that's crazy. <laughs> Let's get you out of there. <laughs> um, and that's actually how I ended up getting into the position I'm in now. Um, I went into a nursing home right at covid it was totally different than anything I had done previously, emergency medicine, nursing home medicine, um, very, very different. And then throw the pandemic on top of it. And it was a wild ride. Um, but in my interview with my now boss, um, we were driving back from the nursing home to his office and he said, you know, maybe someday we'll kind of build this and make it more than just one nursing home. And I was like, yeah, man, that sounds great, you know. Sure. Uh, and here we are, you know, four years later, and we have nurse practitioners in buildings throughout Pennsylvania, New Jersey. We're headed into Delaware. And, you know, I've kind of climbed that corporate ladder, if you will, into the vice presidentship. Well, that's wonderful. It's, I, I want our listeners to understand there are different ways of being a nurse practitioner. Absolutely. Because you are acute care, mm -hmm. emergency room. And to go to geriatrics, which is my wheelhouse, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it is very different. And for um, those of you that are, are in the healthcare field, you know, going from that difference can be a little shocking because, you know, stat means something completely different in the hospital <laughs> than it does in the nursing home. Right? <laughs> that was something I had to really uh, come to grips with <laughs> during that transition. Yes. And then we want to treat more things in the nursing home and not send them to the hospital. So where you would say, oh, they need to be in the hospital. We're like, no, we can handle that here. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And that's what I was brought in to do was to try and keep the patients there. And so it was a really great opportunity because I really got uh, the ability to educate the nursing staff that was there, why I was doing what I was doing. And it, it changed the dynamic in the building significantly having somebody there Monday through Friday for, you know, eight or nine hours a day. Um, I think they felt very supported, which was amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. And and that's the kind of thing that you want. And, and uh, kudos to you for doing this during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <it> was, <laughs> I transferred out of uh, nursing home direct care uh, and, and I do general psychiatry. <laughs> Okay. Uh, in a health center right now. And okay. so during the pandemic, we were sent home, but I still had to see my patients and manage them psychiatrically um, via Microsoft Teams and all this yes. other stuff. 
to keep yeah. people out of the hospital. Again, the goal is to keep them medicated and uh, doing well on their medicine and stable so they don't have to go to the hospital. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah, it's very, very different, um, but very, very rewarding work. And, and I, you know, yes. I, all the caregivers that worked during the pandemic, I, my hat's off to you, because uh, I know it, it was hard for us. And then, of course, on the psychiatry side, not just dealing with the anxiety and depression and the deaths and all that stuff during the yeah. pandemic. But now that we're coming out of the pandemic, we're still dealing with the anxiety of what's the next thing that's going to happen. And Absolutely. people who were who were um, pretty stable and we finally got them to come out of their homes because of their agoraphobia. We told them now stay home. <laughs> so they're back at square one. Oh so my gosh. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but that's awful. That's a sin. Oh so, my gosh. Uh, yeah. And so learning how to navigate some of that and then being able to provide services to clients in the nursing home um, via video chat has been very helpful to them. So, Absolutely. That's yeah. an invaluable service. I totally agree. Yeah. And so um, now that you're in the C-suite and you're doing all the things, right? Now, yeah. are you a, a member or an owner of the company or are you? No, just not. No, I, I the owner is uh, actually an amazing entrepreneur. He has multiple different um, things that he has his hands in. He owns urgent cares, primary cares the palliative section, and then also a physical therapy um, uh, practice. So okay. he's definitely the ultimate entrepreneur. <laughs> well, it sounds like it. No, I didn't know if you were like a franchisee or something like that. Oh, no, 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 not like that. No, Happy Healthy Wealthy Women is completely um, different. It's actually all about finances and our mindset around them. Um, so okay. very, very different than medicine. <laughs> okay. So your clinic is, is your nine to five. Right. Yes. And so, you know, we can sure. do that. I'm doing that too. Right. We, yeah. we keep our nine to five and then we do our other stuff. And so how did you decide to become an entrepreneur with the happy, healthy, wealthy women? So after my divorce, <laughs> I was very much in debt from student loans, divorce, all of those things. I was at uh, six figures, $120,000. It's nauseating to even say that. Um, and I decided to buckle down. My dad was a CPA. And so, you know, finance was sort of in the, the house. Um, and I buckled down and sort of, you know, wanted to learn more about not just debt management, but also investing and whatnot. And I found while I was doing all of that, there was a, a mental health actually component to it. Um, you know, I found that I was buying things to fulfill a void that I had from my divorce and the death of my daughter. And um, so when I really sat with it, it probably took me a good seven years to kind of figure all of that out and realize this is not just me. After helping other women, you know, just on the side to be helpful, I realized there's a lot to this. Um, and that's sort of where happy, healthy, wealthy women came. And I know it sounds sort of like gym and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not. It's really a health and mental mindset around finances and getting the confidence to be able to manage them yourselves. Because too many women are not managing them. Their husbands or their, their partners die. They don't know where the life insurance is. They don't know, you know, where they're debted to. Um, and it takes a very stressful and awful time and just compounds it. And so 
I want to educate women on financial literacy and how to, you know, make sure that they're set. They don't need anybody else. I think that's so very important because financial literacy is something that's sorely lacking in a lot of areas in our country. Um, and I know from uh, my own experience with my mom, my dad got sick and suddenly my mom's having to pay all the bills yes. because he, he wanted to do that. That was his job, pay bills. Yeah. So he would pay all the bills and do all of that. And then, you know, unbeknownst to us, uh, my dad was starting to get dementia. So he had forgotten to pay some things. And so my mom looked up and they were um, in a lot of debt. Yes. Um, because he just didn't pay these bills and they, you know, sent him to collections. And so long story short, they decided to file for bankruptcy. Oh. Um, and that was that was a help for them. That was yeah. a help for um, and mom was able to get it all back under control. And so now she's very good at managing the finances. Not that she was never good at managing finances. It's just that it was dad's role. Yeah, exactly. And when you have that, particularly that generation, you come from that. Yes. Where it's man's role to manage all the finances. I would see women that wouldn't know how to um, pay the light bill. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, um, it's a shame. It's, mm -hmm. It is. It's but that you're right. It is generational. I think we do a little bit better nowadays, but I still encounter women every day who don't have any of the basics down. And this is not just women, honestly, it's men too. Um, my plate is obviously for women, um, but we're not doing this in schools. We're not giving financial basic financial literacy classes in schools. And, you know, what saving a hundred dollars a month looks like when you start at 18 versus what saving $500 a month looks like when you start at 40 because of compound interest, you know, the 18 year old actually ends up better off, even though they're investing less. And it, Basic lessons like this, kids are able to comprehend and, you know, make decisions based on that. And it's it's a shame that we don't have more of it, honestly. Well, we make such a big deal out of what we call retail therapy. Yes. In this country, we're very consumer driven. And so everything is about buy, buy, buy. And we've lost that ability to make things, to reuse things. So everything is... Um, you know, disposable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that coming out of the pandemic, it's kind of shifted a lot of people's mindset to where they're looking for things that they can reuse and have. And um, yeah. I remember during the beginning of COVID going to the grocery store and there was no meat to be found. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> I, it just so happened, this is so funny, the month before COVID hit, I had gone to the grocery store and there was, you know, a bunch of toilet paper and it was on sale. And I said, oh, you know what? I need to get some for the office. I need to get some for the house. So I'll just buy enough so I don't have to go to the store for a while because, you know, I don't have time. So I just bought a bunch of stuff that we needed and kind of stocked up because my mom always has this thing about you need to stock up every, you know, season. Yeah. Yes. And so I said, I'm going to do my stock up. And so when COVID hit, I'm like, at least I have toilet paper. <laughs> Bless it. And you can sell some of it for me, you know, Trey, yeah. here. Here's a roll. Yeah. Give I'll me give a you chicken breast. Toilet paper. You give me some chicken. 
<laughs> it was interesting because I had, uh, you know, people were going to the mom and pop stores because the Walmart was out and Kroger's was out. And so they would go there, pay the higher prices. And uh, one of my friends was on Facebook Live showing the, the cost of bologna. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got to feed my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, cost is still really up there, honestly. And uh, I'm not sure I'm seeing it coming down anytime in the near future. It's It's a... Yeah, the, the government says the eggs are cheaper now, but I'm not getting it. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, not last week. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that, but I think we've learned from that to not waste as much. And do we need to consume? I found it interesting that the bags of potatoes got smaller. And they said, please only take as much as you think you're going to use yes. so that other people can have potatoes. I mean, it was a very interesting time. Yes. And so I think that if you come out of things with that, like people who've come in out of the depression, um, a lot of them hoard, okay. tend to save, yeah. <laughs> tend, tend, tend to think things are going to be in scarcity. So how do we combat that? Even as our economy is coming back, um, how do you combat that and know that you have enough to invest and to save? Um, yeah, so really having a good budget um, and knowing where your money's going. All too often, I'm finding subscriptions that people didn't even remember that they have. Um, you know, people will autopilot things. And I think it's great to autopilot your bills getting paid and autopilot your investments. But you still have to check those credit card statements and make sure that you don't have miscellaneous charges, that you're not paying fees for things like late fees or anything like that. Um, and then really every month sitting down and making sure that your money is working for you. Um, you want to ideally 20% of your income would be invested and not everybody can do that. Certainly there's methods of paying everything off first or, um, you know, investing in your 401k until you hit the match and then your Roth and your regular IRA and your HSA and, there's a whole slew of thought behind it, which we actually get into in this class that I'm um, launching on the 24th of July. But you just need to pay attention, honestly, and know where your money's going. Um, investing in the market is sound advice. Um, you know, you're going to see the ups and downs, but if you kind of set it and forget it, you will find that as long as you're investing in things that follow the S&P 500, you're going to get roughly a 10% return over 10 years. Um, so you're not going to get the quick returns necessarily. Um, although we are seeing the market kind of spicy the last couple of days. Yes. Um, <laughs> but sustainably long term, you know, you're looking in that like nine to 11% range. And that's really, if you're consistent, and that's the other key is consistency, you know, putting in $1,000 here and then not doing it again for a year is not consistent. Um, so consistency is key, knowing where your money is, where it's going, and then making it work for you. And, and I think a lot of times people are afraid to to invest because they don't know what it is and how to do it and what does it all mean. And so having a good investment advisor uh, that will sit down and work with you and explain to you about your money, even if you're getting your 401k from your job, you Correct. need to meet with those people regularly to know what's happening. Absolutely. And there's a lot of investment choices in your 401k. So the 401k really is just a bucket that holds the money and then you invest it into different areas. And so you want to make sure that what you're investing in, first of all, has low rates. 
And second of all, has a, a track record. Um, and so sitting down with somebody, a, a financial advisor is great advice. I would tell you to do a pay per visit sort of um, setup, you know, offering 1% of your investments to an investment advisor to, you know, be selling and trading and doing all of these things is not necessary upfront. I think once you have several hundred thousand dollars, if you want to get into that, that's fine. Um, but just having somebody, you know, sit down with you for two or three hours, figure out what it is that you want, what your bills are, what your debts are, and then coming up with a plan to set and forget it, you know, and then just rebalancing once a year is really all you need to do to, to start with. And I think it's important that you learn about finance and don't be afraid to ask questions. Absolutely. And, and don't feel like just because you don't know, you can't learn it. Right. I, I had to, to do that myself with finance. I had to sit down and listen, read, understand oh, and i've got to do my proxy vote that just popped in my head i gotta do my proxy vote <laughs> oh my, oh my sorry. it just popped in my head yeah um it's one of those things i forgot to do <laughs> am i forgetting list but uh yeah and so it took me a while to understand what this meant what does the stock mean well how does the stock work should i invest where should i invest how should i do it? and i asked my um investment advisor i talk to him regularly quarterly at least sure. and um i'll call him with questions and he's like all right who have you been talking to <laughs> i said because i really want to know how money works absolutely we all should know how money works and how to make it work for us you know yeah. having it sit in a savings account earning a quarter of a percent it's not doing anything for us it's working no. for the bank that's who it's working for. Mm -hmm. So we really do. We need to know where it is, know where it's going, know how to make it work for us. And I love the fact, yes, ask questions. Find, you know, obviously a financial advisor is a great resource. There's tons of resources online that you can look. Um, and or somebody who is already doing well financially, you know, just sort of pull them. You don't have to do what they're doing, but have the conversation. I love talking to people who are smarter than I am on a regular basis because I always pick something up. Exactly. Which is one of the reasons why I like doing this podcast. <laughs> nurses and find out what they're doing and you are our first nurse that really um to talk about finance oh i love that yeah we have a lot of nurse business owners but a lot of times as business owners we don't talk about the financial piece and i think that's that's a problem and um you know, we talk about maybe financing and starting our business, but what about managing our finances and where, how are we going to grow our business? Correct. Correct. And, you know, I was thinking too, um, you know, we just had all these discussions about the laws. We're going to see that the student loans are coming back very quickly. And, you know, now is the time to start getting into your head and looking at the budget and how that's going to affect everything, because everything's really tight right now with inflation. And, um, you know, to have those student loans picked back up at, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple hundred dollars or more a month is going to be very impactful. Um, but more to your point about business, yes, you know, understanding um, what it takes to start and to sort of bankroll a business as well as, you know, saving up revenue so that you can then expand and grow the business down the line. Um, and it really takes a lot of planning, honestly. And I'm still learning as I go, uh, you know, 
I've taken a couple business classes and it's very helpful, but there's a lot to learn. There is a lot to learn, but it's learnable and everything Absolutely. is figure outable. <laughs> figure outable. I love it. <laughs> I love that. I I never would have thought of in, investing myself. And so a, a couple of years ago, it was a couple of years ago, about a year ago. So I can't remember. Um, I called my uh, advisor and I said, I want to buy stock in this company. <laughs> He's like, I don't know much about this company. Um, it's new onto the market and blah, 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 blah. I said, yes, but it's a telehealth company. I know for a fact that telemedicine is not going away. Hello, yep. I'm doing it. <laughs> I said, we need to invest in this company and we need to invest now. Now, obviously the stock market has gone up and down, up and down, prices have gone up and down, but I've looked at them for, for the long haul. And so, you know, we don't own a lot of stock in the company, but I own some. And now I just said, you know, I think I'm going to uh, put some investment toward another uh, stock that I'm watching. Um, and so I said, well, let's, let's do this and see where they go with it. Yeah. So that we can spread out our portfolio. So um, I think that's wonderful. So, yeah. you know, again, find somebody that you trust to talk to about these questions because mom and dad oftentimes didn't talk about finances. It was very taboo in their time frame. Um, you know, again, my dad was a CPA and we talked vaguely about these things, but we didn't sit over the kitchen table and talk about budgets and things of that nature. Um, with my son, I have a 13-year-old now, and we talked to him about money, and he actually is already investing. He started a little side business, you know, gardening, weeding, all of those things. And, you know, he's got I don't know, almost $7,000 that he's already invested. And so he is learning the value of doing that and watching the money compound over time. And so hopefully he'll have, you know, a good handle on that as he gets older. And that's something that I wish we taught in school. Mm -hmm. um, I always thought we need a, a, to graduate from high school. You need to take a life skills class. Yes. <laughs> and budgeting and finance was one of them. Yeah. The other is, you know, how to sign a contract and read a contract and know what it is. Yes. How to how to feed yourself and make a decent meal for yourself. You know, just yes. little things. Seeing yes. as my nieces and nephews get older, yes. and I'm like, you know, somebody Listen, should have taught you. <laughs> things is even, you know, it seems so. I don't know. I don't know. Just not necessarily important, but change a tire. Yes. Clean out a J drain under the sink because, you know, when you're living in an apartment on your own and mom and dad aren't there and I don't know if you have long hair, but I have long hair and the yep. J drain gets, <laughs> you know, filled with hair and you have yep. to go fix it, um, you know, or even installing like a, a ceiling fan or a light fixture. You know, these are things that aren't really rocket science and just take a little bit of, you know, watching and learning. And these are things that we should definitely be teaching our kids. Absolutely. Well, I remember when I was in school and I'm dating myself here, but we had home ec. And so you learn how to sew, you know, how to fix a tear, you learn how to bake a pie and make a meal. And then you had shop. And so you learn little basic things, yeah. stuff. And then they made you go to uh, driver's ed. We had driver's ed in school at the time. We didn't have to pay for it. It was part of the curriculum. Okay. So you learn how to change a tire. And I think we've kind of gotten away from all of those things, those basic life skills um, that I think kids need to know. So I think that's okay. wonderful that your kids always get uh, starting to invest and then he yeah. can decide what he wants to do with his investment yes. later on, maybe start his own big business. Maybe landscaping is what he wants to do the rest of yeah. his life. I don't know. 
I listen, the sky's the limit. And that's what we tell them, you know, it's all about leaving the doors open, you know, we'll open every door we can for him. And then it's up to him whether he keeps it open or he shuts it. And so we really try and offer him all different experiences and options. And then, you know, it's on him to go from there and, and decide what he wants to do. That's wonderful. So uh, if if some of our nurses wanted to talk to you and get a hold of you, how would they best get a hold of you? Yeah, so we're on Facebook at Be Happy, Healthy, Wealthy Women. Um, we're also on Instagram at that handle. And you can always uh, text or call me. Uh, I'm Eastern time zone, so try and keep it 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, but my number is 610-906-5801. And then the email is happy, healthy, wealthy coaching at gmail.com. And you can always shoot me an email. That sounds wonderful. Okay. So our last, last question, if you had a piece of advice for a budding entrepreneur, what would it be? Don't give up. It's really, there are days where it's very challenging and you feel defeated before you're feet hit the ground. Um, but you really, it's a mindset game and you have to just tell yourself, I don't know if anybody watches Mel Robbins and I'm not pitching her, but she really has the right idea. Like give yourself a high five in the morning because you need it. You, you just, you got to set your mind right in the very beginning of the day and try and keep that attitude and just realize you've made it this far. So you can you certainly make it further and you just got to keep grinding. That's wonderful. When you said that, that brought into my mind the Jerry Maguire movie where the guy is getting up and he says, today, we're going to make it a great day. And so when I'm having a bad day or I'm thinking the day's not going to go so right, I get up and I'm like, it's going to be a great day. Yeah, great day. Show me the money. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so whatever works to get you going. Whatever you got to do. Gonna be. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you for our time and thank you to our listeners of the Nurse Shark Academy show. I'm Tina Baxter. Um, you can listen to our podcast on YouTube um, and see our video. Please uh, subscribe as well. And then you can also find our audio podcast on podcast. Bean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, you can also get it on the NurseSharkAcademy.biz. I want to thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Attention nurses, looking to take your nursing knowledge and turn it into a viable business? Ready to take action, but don't know where to start? Join the Nurse Shark Academy. We support nurses as business owners and leaders. We offer career and entrepreneurial coaching for nurses or other healthcare professionals. Whether you're a brand new nurse, a seasoned health professional, or building a startup, join a community of support. Entrepreneurship can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Our career and business coaching services are designed to help you achieve the life or balance you desire. Our experienced coaches will help you identify and attain your career and business goals, enabling you to become more successful in both your personal and professional life. I'm Tina Baxter. I founded the Nurse Shark Academy because I believe every nurse is a hero on his or her own epic journey. Nurses are launching new businesses every day. You don't have to do it alone. Join the Nurse Shark Academy and get the support, training, and coaching that you need to launch your successful nurse business. Become a member at the Nurse Shark Academy. 
Thank you for listening to the Nurse Shark Academy show wherever you get your podcasts or watching us on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe and don't forget to hit the notification bell so that you'll know when all of our episodes come out. If you want further information, you can contact us on the nurse shark academy.biz.